Hello, everybody, and good morning, and welcome to the new episode of the Triathlete Podcast. I'm Ram, your host, and today we have a very inspiring guest with us, Crystal Downing. I got introduced through uh, to Crystal through Niyati, who was on one of our earlier episodes, and I found her story so inspiring that I just had to have her on the show. Crystal, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, why don't you start by introducing yourself? Well, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, my name is Crystal Downing. Um, I have been a personal trainer and fitness instructor for over 15 years and kind of fell into it by accident and absolutely love it and can't quit. Fantastic. So I think, uh, you know, falling into it by accident is really the kind of people who we're sort of reaching out to through this podcast, folks who we call triathletes, anybody who's trying essentially. So why don't you walk us through what that journey was like? Oh, goodness. Um, never really been into fitness or anything active. Played some softball when I was younger. But if anybody who knows me knows my number one love is dancing and music. I started, kind of had a health scare, um, ended up finding out that I had Graves' disease, which is an autoimmune disorder, and realized that I was following in the footsteps of my mother and my grandmother and, you know, just that hereditary progression. So I decided to make a change, started lifting weights, which I absolutely love strength training, not so much cardio. Like I am not a runner. I run if I have to, or if somebody's chasing me, um, from there, I was dancing out on the weight room floor. The lady who owned the gym seen me. She said, you've got some moves. Do you want to teach aerobics? I'll give you a dance class. And I never looked back. Wow. That's fantastic. So how did you kind of decide that? I mean, how did you firstly recognize that you were following in the footsteps of, you know, your, your family and how did you decide to make that change? What was that process like? Um, you really have to be self-aware and be able to be open to it because a lot of people get defensive. Um, you make excuses. I'm not like them. But the thing is, is my grandmother had a lot of autoimmune disorders, a lot of health issues. My mom is only 15 years older than me. Yeah. So I seen what she started going through things. And then once like I started having thyroid problems and certain hormone issues, that's when I realized that I, by then, had three small children. I needed to make a change, not only for myself to be there when they got older, but for them to create different habits. So when they get older, it's not going to be as much of a struggle for them. Because when I first started, I was, right after my first son, I was about 218 pounds and had a lot of issues with depression, anxiety, um, just a lot of health stuff. And that made it hard when you have three small children running around. So I started taking them to the gym with me and, you know, we do obstacle courses for Easter and yeah, I make them work for their stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, firstly, thanks so much for being so open and, and sharing, you know, what, what I can only imagine to be a difficult story, but you know, it speaks a lot to your ability to be able to recognize what's happening and sort of break the cycle, if you will, and focus on yourself and not be defensive, like you said. So, so kudos to you. And we celebrate that spirit on the show. Um, if I was to sort of ask you when and how did fitness kind of become something that you look forward to in your life? Uh, what was that journey like? Yeah. And I think that's the crazy part that people don't realize it is not just exercise. Um, mm -hmm. 
like I teach Zumba and I am very, very adamant about having my ladies express themselves, um, dance in sports bras, yell in the middle of class. There is a certain release to that, especially for women, because we're supposed to be proper. We're supposed to have etiquette. We're supposed to raise these children. So it was a place where I could let loose. And then once I started kind of teaching the classes, then it became I had the control. So if I wanted you to do this, this is what I'm encouraging. Um, I make everybody feel welcome in my class. That way there's, you know, there's no judgment. Um, but it's not just about the fitness, the exercise, and the release. I have found support there. I have found friends there. I have found people who are like-minded, um, who push themselves and put one foot in front of the other every day. And I've become very, very, very close with some of these people over the past 15 years. Um, so there's more to it than just the physical aspect. And you have to know that you're doing it out of respect for yourself. Beautiful you words. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, if you don't have that respect, you're doing it for the wrong reasons and it's going to be miserable. Yeah. It, you know, that's been a theme that we've heard through a couple of different guests on the show about, you know, how focusing on the self is really how you can make it sustainable. Um, so in terms of when you got started, you faced resistance from anybody like a little bit. Not because mm -hmm. my family, I grew up, um, I was a military brat. My dad was a Marine. Mm -hmm. So everything was very limited on money. So we ate MREs sometimes. We ate a lot of processed foods. And I was sick a lot when I was a kid. Just didn't feel good. Um, mm -hmm. My mom and sister who, they've kind of jumped on the bandwagon with me. But in the beginning, you know, they didn't. They, they sometimes give me a hard time because I do too much. Or when I did my bodybuilding show, I was too skinny or I was too muscular. But I realized, you know, I'm not like everybody else. I'm not built like everybody else. And the reason I like looking the way I do and feeling the way I do, because it makes me feel strong. When I feel strong, it gives me confidence. And that's something a lot of people will give you resistance on because it doesn't follow fall in with the norm of what they are used to. Yep. Very true. And you mentioned you have kids, uh, has fitness been a big part of their life as well? Um, that was a tough one because when they were younger, they would follow me. My kids are all in their twenties now. Um, uh -huh. And when you have a mom who is into fitness and bodybuilding and she's making you eat broccoli and she doesn't let you have junk, when you reach a certain age, they kind of just go all out. <laughs> so they all went out, had their own lives, uh, gained some weight. Next thing I know, within a few years, they come back. They're like, you're right. I feel awful. My joints hurt. I'm like, you're not even, you're barely in your 20s. So I have one that actually... Um, he's got leg braces and he's limited on a lot of things, but he never makes excuses. He does jujitsu on a regular, um, cause that's something ground fighting is good for him. So he doesn't have to stand so much and he's very strong for having the issues that he has. But even in high school, he needed to run a mile. I said, Hey, you have a doctor's note saying you don't have to, cause he'd hurt for a week after he said, no, he goes, I'm not going to be that kid. I'm like, okay, that's my boy. <laughs> My my daughter is a second degree 
black belt in Taekwondo, and she is also an instructor. She is a national champion. Um, took her a couple years to kind of get past her stages, so now she's really coming into it as a young lady. And my youngest, he's a little more low-key. He tends to like computers and 3D printing and all that, but he is my hiking buddy. Nice. We do a, we do a lot of hiking and biking together, um, housework. So he stays moving, but nothing really particularly interests him. But he does understand the importance of it because he does make his comments about needing, I need to get out. So Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Remind me never to pick a fight with your family. You guys are like all, <laughs> all super fit. <laughs> Yeah, we, oh, we try to be. We're a little we're a little on the hyper independent side, so always want to make sure. Well, with my daughter, she was supposed to she wanted to go away for college, so I made sure like we all did taekwondo at one time. Um, I made sure she did self defense classes. I made sure she did fast self defense classes. So my shortest and smallest child, yeah, you don't want to mess with her. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. So let's talk about some of the inspiring stories maybe you've seen as an instructor. You said that you've been training for so long and you have uh, folks who've been coming in for more than a decade, I guess. So any ones you want to call out specifically as folks who've you know shown up despite tough, tough times? Yeah. I have a lot of them like that. Because mm-hmm. when you've been doing it as long as I have, you run into people who want to go through the movements, mm-hmm. but not really do the work. Mm-hmm. And I've had a handful of clients that have made me extremely proud. And those are the ones that make you passionate and make you want to keep doing it because it does get Mm -hmm. frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, And like my recent one, I had a woman who I was friends with her sister. Um, Something very bad happened to her sister and that caused her to get out of a relationship that she had no business being in her. And I bonded over that because I was just got divorced after 20 years as well. And, you know, at first she wasn't about it, but then as we get to talking, cause I'm not strictly, you know, about the physical aspect, we're working on mm-hmm. that internal stuff too. Where's our confidence? Where's this coming from? Because you can work on the outside, but it's not going to be, you're not going to fully accomplish what you want unless you work on that inside too. But she's one that has picked herself up. She has found her identity again. She has just moved to a new state. Um, Her confidence is just crazy off the charts. And I think that's the biggest thing with this job. When I can cheer on and support women who I see something special in, which that's everybody, they all have their own specialty. I love watching their confidence grow as they realize who they are again. And I have probably more clients than I can name who have, yeah. who have made me so very proud. That's awesome. I'm gonna... <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, I know it's a touching subject. I, I mean, I used to be a teacher in my previous sort of job and, uh, you know, seeing students kind of come into their own and have them grow yeah. confidence is is the ultimate joy for any person who's trying to impart a skill. Yeah. Uh, and I can totally understand the emotion you're feeling right now. Um, so one thing I wanted to ask you, since you're a trainer, is that I've worked with trainers in the past. I've you know, been to some of those HIIT studios and things like that. And trainers make it look so easy. And, you know, I look at you, you look, you know, super fit. How easy is it for you to do all this? 
it is not that easy. I said, us trainers, um, especially as we get older, because I will be 47 this month, um, things start to change, and you have to adjust to that change. So just like everybody else, I have to make myself get up. I'm not going to have the, you know, the willpower to do it. Like, everybody's like, oh, I want your motivation. It's not motivation. It's the dedication I have to making it to my goals. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to do it, but I get up, I make myself go in. And the thing is, is also adapting. Because, like, I've had to explain to a lot of people, you can come in and hit it hard every day, but if you're having, you know, an extra stressful day, Maybe you need to hit it a little harder. If you didn't sleep for a couple days and you're just having a hard time, then maybe you need to tone it down a little. Um, What I've started doing is learning to, because I'm real big in high intensity. That's always been my thing. I teach HIIT classes. I teach boot camp classes. I teach Zumba. And mine's not normal Zumba. There are plyometrics, lunges, squats, all that in there. Wow. So. So I keep those things where I need them to, and I might modify them, but I've also learned that as I get older, I have to adapt to different ways of physical exercise, which I started this past year uh, backpacking. Um, I did backpacking for four days and three nights in the Grand Canyon, um, getting ready to do a couple more hikes here in the next month. Um, So just trying to find things. You have to treat it like a job. Like, you don't want to go to that job every day, but you have to if you want pay. If you want to see those results, you have to do it. And mm-hmm. I find with myself, I write affirmations, things I want. Like, I'm visual. So mm-hmm. I've got affirmations all up on my board. I've got my grateful list all over here because your mindset will make it or break it. Yep. Very true. So you talked a bit about setting goals and, you know, one of the things that you know folks trying to be fit or trying to improve their lives have questions around is what does a goal even look like right how do you verbalize the goal how do you write it down so can you share some simple goals that you might be pursuing or might have pursued in the past yes i say so a lot of us we set those big goals like i want to lose 50 pounds in four weeks the thing is is Those are good goals to have, but you have to have what we call micro goals in there. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like my first one would be, okay, my goal is to make it to the gym for, you know, two weeks straight. Mm -hmm. If I walk in every day, even if I don't lift, if I get on that treadmill for 30 minutes and then walk out, guess what? I'm starting to create a habit. There's Mm -hmm. one goal. Um, Next goal, okay. On top of my cardio, I'm going to add maybe one strength training class a week. That's another goal. So you have those micro goals that lead you up to creating habits to get you to that larger goal. And what do you do on the days when you're just not feeling it? I mean, how do you turn that around? Most of the time, if you keep that discipline in place and make yourself go, you don't want to go. But once you get there and start, you'll be happy you did. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, making just a quick switch. Like if there's days I don't feel it, I'll start. Okay, I'm not feeling it, not getting into it. Guess what I'll do? I will stop. I'll go walk on the treadmill for five, ten minutes, and then I'll go back to the back, and then I will do nothing but stretch. Because apparently my body's tired. I'm not feeling this. Maybe I need more 
low-key, light, stretch, mindfulness stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, a yoga class, some Pilates, something that's not going to be as intense because a lot of society that we deal with, like you said, everything's so busy and not being able to catch up and, you know, we're run ragged. Sometimes we just need that downtime. Yep. Yep. Very true. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, you know, the body responds to different challenges of the day or the week very differently. And yeah, sometimes you do want to show up, but you maybe can't, you know, hit it all out or do the intensity. So important to see what you're feeling and adjust accordingly. I guess yeah. that, 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 that being in tune with yourself is, I guess, the main thing here. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that also keeps you from hating it for one, from getting burnt out too fast. Yeah. And like you said, listening to your body and learning what you need, not what mm-hmm. you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of what you want, you know, a lot of people actually follow the, the mantra of a cheat day. So you work out six days a week and the seventh day is a cheat day. Is that something you recommend or have I you do done not. that? Yeah. No, uh, I don't recommend a cheat day. Okay. I recommend maybe a cheat meal. Okay. Um, I typically, because once you fall off for that day, you're breaking your habits. Mm-hmm. So I go where I like macro friendly. So I'll do my macros, but I will also shift some things around. Like if I know I want ice cream later tonight, okay, well, I'm going to cut out my carbs here and I'm going to do this. But you only really need one meal. Like don't deny yourself it. Because if you deny yourself certain things, you're going to start lacking certain minerals, vitamins, things that your body needs, and that's where those cravings come from. So if you want it just, you got to do it in proportions too. So if I'm getting ice cream, I'm not getting, you know, extra large blizzard with a whole bunch of stuff in it. I get, you know, a small hot fudge sundae or a small ice cream cone because that should curb my craving. But I'm not completely blowing my calories and my macros. And because when you do it, you're just going to feel like crap anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the story of my life, at least until about two or three years ago, I used to kind of follow that approach. And then I realized it's kind of I've seen this movie before, and I need to stop playing the same movie. So it's a kind of, cycle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think uh, that's, that's the reason why at the start of the year, my mantra for the year was show up. And yeah. you know, just be present. And you know, that's kind of working well for me, honestly. So yes, and that's the same thing with being in tune with yourself. You're not forcing anything, and I don't want anybody to think it's completely easy. Like, I have my cycles, too. You know, Mm -hmm. like recently I had a big incident, threw me into depression and a couple other things, and I fell completely off the wagon. I'm just now starting to pick myself back up, but, you know, failure is not an option. There's always an opportunity to pick yourself back up. Mm -hmm. And as they say, you're not starting over you're actually beginning again with more knowledge because you know what this looks like this time. That's amazing. And how did the community kind of help you sort of keep up with yourself uh, or sort of pick you up when maybe you were feeling a little down? That's where that support comes in. Yeah. Over the 15 plus years I've been doing this, um, I found a lot of people love me. I come with a lot of good energy. And I've shared that so much over the years. And I have a hard time asking for help. Like I said, I'm hyper-independent. A lot of history that comes with that. People pay attention and they see when I need certain things. And they will just be there. And, like, 
when I get down on myself, somebody will send me a message like Nayati, you know, realize what good you have done, how people mm -hmm. love you. And that makes me think because that's just my nature to give. I love to give, but I don't give that same love to myself all the time. And that's a habit and a cycle that I go back into. And if it weren't for some of these people, so for example, this is a tough one for me. Um, my divorce was very hard. It was 20 years. Um, I was unaware that it was abusive until I tried to get out. And honestly, I wouldn't have made it if it weren't for the love of my people at the gym and the people I've met and made connections and bonds with. Um, I walked away with pretty much nothing. They had me a surprise divorce party and helped supply me with everything I needed for a home for me and my children who didn't have, walked away with nothing. Um, you know, they would reach out and go to lunch to me and just offer me support wherever I needed it. And that's, that means so much more, I guess, than anything else I could do for anybody. That's really touching. And thanks again for, for sharing something so deep. Um, I think it just re sort of reminds me that, you know, the joy lies in the small things where the community shows up for you. Uh, it doesn't take a lot, just being there and giving a little bit of your time and a small gesture here or there is what really can help somebody else's day. Um, yes. And that's ultimately what's most important, the internal happiness of it. Um, yeah. Uh, so thanks for sharing. So I guess, uh, you know, you've, you've, fought through a lot of battles. Uh, what's your recommendation for somebody who may be in some similar position to you and, and is trying to sort of look for ways out? The biggest thing that I found works for me, because when so many obstacles come about, you tend to get in a negative mindset. You know, okay, maybe this is just what's destined to be for me. Why me? You know, maybe I can't do this. That takes a lot of self-reflecting to get out of that. If it weren't for, I do um, a bullet journal and I will list things that I am grateful for, things that make my life better because that helps me focus on the good instead of focusing on the negative and getting into that depression cycle and that anxiety cycle. And it helps break that habit that I have created over the years. And I'm like a big kid. I have a book. I got a pouch full of colored pencils and markers, and I just sit down and doodle because that's what makes me happy. That's wonderful. So I think for folks wondering how Crystal makes it look so easy, the process behind it is messy and it's unique. Very. Yeah. <laughs> I called it. Know, I was gonna say I call it organized chaos. Thank you. There you go. Sorry. Yeah, maybe <laughs> messy is the wrong choice of words. I apologize, but uh, yeah, it takes a lot of trial and error. It takes a lot of effort, and it. You know, nobody's born with it. I think uh, everybody has to be working really hard to figure out the the process and system that works for them. And, you know, sometimes you just need some external help and, and all that's fine. Um, I think important to have the right community around you to support. Great, Crystal. So I think uh, that's, that's a good note to end the conversation on. Thank you so much again for being present here and sharing, you know, a very, very touching story and sort of how you make it all happen every day. Uh, wish you all the best and uh, hope to catch you around the corner. All right. Well, I appreciate this opportunity, and it was very easy to talk to you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You too.